This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and that it is truly beautiful or lovely, I guess you could say, that this day is in West Central Wisconsin and all of Wisconsin. Uh, welcome to episode 117 of Bay on the Drum, our first go at the Sunday night right after the game. Talk about this game while it's fresh in our head edition. As always, I am your host, P-Dog, joined along with our other host, M-Dog. And oh, yeah. How you feeling about this Packers team after today, M-Dog? So I, feel, I feel really, really good. Really, really good about it, um, which makes me feel a little skeptical about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's definitely a dog shit Bears team. But I still think, I mean, yeah. it's an NFL team. Um I think you mentioned last episode they were the worst team in the league. So just the Packers, if the Packers rolled out love against them last year, I would have thought we were going to win that game. But yeah, yeah. But it was just different. It was a different feeling. It was like maybe, maybe, uh, shit, not Fields uh, took this step forward that we really don't want him to take. He does seem like he's going to be a nightmare if he can figure out how to throw the ball. But, uh, or their the, offensive line can figure out how to protect him in a real way to give him some time. Yeah, the Packers were all over his ass today. They ended up with four sacks, but if if it was two-hand touch, I think they would have had 17 sacks, something like oh, that. Yeah. He, yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was getting away from every first hit uh, early in the game. Then it looked like when Vanessa put him on his ass, I want to say in the second quarter, it seemed like guys – we're like, well, the rookie can do it. So, like, maybe we yeah. should start actually trying to fucking tackle him. But I think to some extent, like, he kind of understood, like, oh, I'm going to get caught here. Too. I'm not getting away from these guys. I'm not running all over the place, um, which he has done on other teams. I mean, he, I want to say, he had over a thousand yards rushing last year. I, I don't know, but I, that sounds, yeah. I wouldn't doubt that at all. And I and more than sure likely right. he'll have a thousand yards rushing this year too. So he had 60 against us or something like that. Um, I don't remember the exact number. I had it up here for a second. But. Nine carries for 59 yards. So yeah, you nailed it. Long of 10 though. So that, that now I didn't think of that until you said that, but that's pretty good too. It's like when he did get loose on us, he got 10 yards. And I want to say the time he got 10 yep. yards, it was third in. 20 or some shit like that. Yeah, but he lost um I think like let's see here. Almost 30 yards. 25 yards on um sacks. Yeah, four sacks, right? 27 which, yards. Which you could put which you could put pretty easily in his rushing stats, I think. Do they do that? I always forget that cuz I know college and NFL is different. Like one of them is counts against rushing yards and one of them counts against passing yards so here on espn they have he's 24 for 37 for 216 yard passing 216 yards passing right and then the team is 24 for 37 for 189 yards passing okay they so they, yeah they so yeah exactly. okay yeah so yeah 
I, I like that point. So you're saying like we basically held him to 30 if you count the sacks against yeah, 32 his- yards instead of instead of that 60. If you count the sacks as like rushing, which I wouldn't do for every quarterback, but I do feel like you should do for fields. Does that make sense? Like yeah, Lamar Jackson, I would count it for that too. Um, maybe like a Daniel Jones. Um, there's got to be another one out there. Jalen Hurts, maybe too. Because yeah, I'm trying to think of two. Uh, uh, now I forgot my train of thought, but. Where the fuck was I was going with that? So, sorry about this, people. I'm having a brain fart. Uh, brain fart in progress. Oh, yeah. So, like, how much average yardage? Like, how? So, if if Aaron Rodgers got sacked or Jordan Love got sacked four times, like, what do you think the average yardage lost in that? Like, five yards a sack? I don't know. Sacks seem to be actually, like... Aaron Rodgers, I think, is very good about moving up in the pocket, and therefore the sacks don't affect him in quite the same way, right? Yardage wise, um, I think for the most part, that most quarterbacks they feel that pressure, they move back. It's probably like eight or nine per, where like Fields is at like seven, and that I think partly because he takes off from a guy like Van Ness right after that first sack. And he's going towards the line of scrimmage, and Van Ness just catches him. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was probably like a three-yard loss on that, or two-yard or whatever. Right, it probably wasn't a ton, and I don't remember for sure. But some of them, you drop back, and then you drop back a little more, and then you get get stuck someplace. And so I think it's probably eight or nine every time. All right, we are going to do a – I like that. But yeah, I I couldn't tell you how much averages, but it, it doesn't seem like he lost anymore because he was running like really far backwards and then tried to escape too much and then did it. But but I think how we're gonna flow with the Packers this year. So we're gonna do our SWAT analysis. We still gotta come up with a sponsor and a uh and a clever name for it, but we're doing a SWAT analysis today. But before we do that, I just want to go. I know Mike, I don't think Mike likes when I do this, but I like to jog everybody's brains of like the scoring drives at the very least. Can yeah, I do let's, that? Let's, let's touch on them. Yep. All right. So right off the bat, Romeo Dobbs, eight yard pass from Jordan Love. So that was 11 yard or 11 play, 40 yard drive uh, from a turnover on downs. And broken, then, a little bit of a broken play. He comes across the middle, makes it like, Good read as Dobbs comes across the middle, gets Dobbs pretty wide open. Yeah. Yeah. Great throw, like great improvising. Uh, Love, he couldn't have had a better first game in his first year of starting, I don't think. I don't think so either. Like, well, maybe. I mean, it's possible to have a better. Yeah. I guess he would have went 50 for 50 for five. But yeah, it's like, I want to say his QBR was like 123 or some shit like that. Yeah. Very high. Pretty high. Uh, and then Santos for the Bears kicks a field goal, makes the score seven to three. Uh, next score was in the second quarter. Uh, again, Santos hits another field goal. We uh don't score again till the end of the half where Anders Carlson kicks a 52-yard field goal. Just fucking nailed it. Kind of put some of my worries from the preseason and missing all those extra points to rest. Uh, 
and I know, this isn't, I know this isn't the way it works, but he probably could have hit that from 65. Yeah, yeah. He's, 70, like, he crushed that ball. He's got leg. And, and, I mean, there's two aspects that make me fairly confident in him. I, don't get me wrong, that uh, that kick definitely helped in my dumb brain. Like, I needed to see one go through the pipes. Yeah. But, but knowing that we have Mason Crosby out there that – we could probably bring back at any time and as shitty as Carlson performed in the preseason, we never even batted an eye. They just stuck with them. So I think that that's a good bout of confidence there. And then, uh, then hitting the, the field goals today. So, or the field goal and all of his extra points that he needed to hit today. So that was nice. Uh, but yeah, I guess we would be, not doing it right if we didn't talk about how the first drive where we scored the touchdown, uh, Aaron Jones got the ball four times, 25 yards, 27, five times, 27 yards, and scored a touchdown, and then did not get the ball again for the rest of the half. Yeah, pretty crazy, actually. That and he in Lafleur says it every time we got to give Aaron Jones the ball more, we got to give Aaron Jones the ball more, and then he said it at halftime. And he still didn't give him the ball that fucking much. Right? Yeah. So he ended with 11 touches on the whole game. Uh, less than A.J. Dillon. Uh, yeah. Patrick Taylor had half that many in the fucking final four minutes of the game or whatever it was. Yeah, I don't think it helps that on his super long receiving touchdown, it looked like he pulled his hamstring, which is kind of scary. But hopefully that isn't isn't the case. Um he he gave us a little peace signs uh when uh he was getting stretched out on the sideline but we'll get we'll get back to it here so like i said we stopped giving aaron jones the ball for some reason everybody on twitter complained about this and then uh i don't know what drive of the second half it was it was the first or second drive but we have a eight play 75 yard drive capped off with the aaron jones touchdown um I don't have all the plays for that one, but then again, our next touchdown comes on Aaron Jones, 35 yard reception from Jordan love on a four play 42 yard drive. So at this point we're up 24 to six and this one to jump into what happened there that you were, uh, you and Riley were uh, bitching about. Oh yeah. So Mike and I ran into some turmoil today in our, (laughs) in our little text chain. So I am from the Madden school of thought when it comes to timeouts. So Same. it wasn't it wasn't just this. It was a second, it was a second time at the end of the half when we hit that field goal. It looked like someone, I mean, obviously they looked at the clock and figured it out, but it didn't look like they were like, hey, we're just gonna run the clock down and take a timeout, and then we're gonna run our kicker out. It looked like, hey, we lost track of time. We got to call a timeout. Yeah, it did we're look gonna, like that. Yep. Yeah. They could have ran one more play pretty easily inside mm-hmm. there. Like, I think they were lined up with like 20 seconds to go. Yeah. And then let yeah. it roll down to four seconds before we kick the field. And I don't know exactly who that falls on, if that's a Matt floor problem or anything like that. But then we get to fourth down. It looks like a good opportunity to go for it. I want to say, though, so what was it? It was a 42-yard catch. So what would that 57-yard field goal? I guess it's too long for – not too long. No, they were at goal, the 35-yard line. 
They were so, at the 35 yard line, right? Well, it so ended up being yards. Oh yeah, 35. Yeah, never mind. And so uh basically they call a timeout. They called the timeout super early in this game, maybe the first or second drive. Well, they got lost on time. R- clock was running down. They called the timeout. Yeah. Just to get things settled. That was the like the first possession of the game. And then early in the second half, as Pat's alluding to, we decided we got to call it call a timeout. But I look at this as more like a basketball timeout than a football timeout. Right. So football timeouts are usually like, oh shit, we're fucked here. We got to do something different. Or basketball timeouts, they call timeouts and they're like, all right, we're going to line this up. We're going to make a play. Let's just say like for Steph Curry. We're going to make a play for Steph Curry. We're going to draw up this play so that he gets the ball and has an open shot. Feels like that's what they did in this play and ended up scoring the touchdown with it. Yeah, so ultimately you're right. Like this this wasn't a awful timeout. And we we blew this out of proportion. I, I guarantee you. Like, yeah, both of us did, right? Yeah, yeah. Like because that's not what happened. Is they drew it up and like guaranteed touchdown. That like nothing's a guaranteed touchdown. But anyways, it to me it seemed like you know they just didn't get a play in in time. But it was a big spot um, to put the game out of hand. So I think you know you should have your fourth down play in ready to go. But whatever, it's fourth down. It's a big play. You use a timeout there. You score a touchdown. I need to shut up. Like, good job. That that's that's it. But I don't love it. Like when you need your timeouts at the end of the game. Like Mike McCarthy, I feel like did this to us a ton. Is like just like not having three timeouts at the end of the game when we need to get a stop and get the ball back. And that's yeah, that's where, where I think you really matter. I, I think that that's where your timeouts need to be what your timeouts need to be saved for in the future in in these games especially your second half timeouts your first half timeouts whatever you have like a brain fart or, and I mean it probably shouldn't be any different but to me it is I don't know but anyways too so, much time on that timeout time. so we go up 24 to 6 this one feels like it's basically over uh, the Bears end up getting a touchdown with one minute left in the third quarter, 20-yard pass from Fields to Mooney. Uh, pretty nice little touchdown pass from them. Uh, they end up getting the two-point conversion, make this a 10-point game. So I guess we did have a little bit of a game going in uh, into the fourth quarter. But then the Packers, the next drive. Go five plays, 61 yards, cap it off with a Romeo Dobbs four-yard touchdown catch from Jordan Love. Uh, and then I want to say, yeah, it was like a minute later, Quay Walker picks it off, runs it back 37 yards for a touchdown. That point, we're up 38 to 14. This game's over, and the Vikings end up getting like a garbage time touchdown with three minutes left in the game. Yeah. Or, yeah, the Bears. What did I say? Vikings. Oh, but we can look at the positives on the Vikings game too, and just that they lost today. Yeah, no, it, it was a yep, it, little bit. It, it was a nice day to be an NFC North fan. But I'm gonna let Mike get into his SWAT analysis of this game. So if you're not familiar with that, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and Mike is gonna get after it here. 
Yeah, and so this was just kind of like some quick stuff that I thought we did really well. Um, Doug, start in with the strength. Uh, Aaron Jones, 11 touches, 127 all-purpose yards. The guy is a stud. We need to give him the ball probably. Uh, so Dylan had 13 touches. I would say you take at least half of Dylan's touches and give them to Joe. I, let, I Dylan, let Dylan be rested, the the guy who's rested. And honestly, I think that uh, 20 – Four touches for both of them is not enough. Um, you could push that north of 30 between the two of them. And I'd be perfectly fine with it. 20 to Dylan or 20 to Jones and like another 10 to Dylan. And I'd be like, all right, we're we're doing what we need to do here. Um, I don't hate Dylan. I just don't think Dylan's nearly as effective as Jones. Yeah, um, and and you hit the the nail right on the head with him is like I think people give him a little bit too much credit for his size. For being a bruiser, he, that he's not. Yeah. yeah, and he gets taken down fairly easily. I mean, I couldn't fucking tackle him, but other guys in the NFL seem to not have that much trouble tackling him. Because even the announcers are like, yeah, he's hard to bring down, and then they just, like, tackle him. Like, it, it doesn't yeah. look like a chore. Like, it doesn't – I remember Najee Davenport. That looked like a fucking nightmare. Like, he wouldn't go anywhere, but it looked like it fucking hurt when you tackled him. And I I don't yeah. get that from Dylan as much. Same, same with uh, Amon Green, right? Like, Amon Green, like, made people just, like, it appeared to be miserable to tackle that guy. And every time he tried to tackle him, he took another two yards. Oh shit! Before I forget, because we—I don't think we wrote this in the notes. Uh, my favorite run of the whole game was Love lowering his shoulders to try to get that first down. I think that was right before he threw the touchdown too. So I mean, maybe that was another reason uh, why they called that timeout because because Love was scrambling and like he needed to get back. But yeah, uh, but yeah, the way he lowered the boom on that one, like that, that was harder than anybody ran the ball all day. Like, I don't think whoever was trying to tackle him expected him to like actually fit him. And he yeah. did. And like quarterbacks are not small dudes, right? So we, we think of them as the frail ones on the, on the field, but they're definitely not small dudes. And so if they decide that they're going to like put their shoulder down and like try, that could be a heavy load to carry for a defender. Oh, yeah. Um, and Love definitely isn't small. He makes uh, Aaron Jones look small. Like, you see Aaron Jones next to him in the huddle. You kind of like, Aaron Jones doesn't look that big. Uh, no, oh, and yeah, I mean, I don't he really Aaron isn't. Jones, like, he isn't right. that big. He's short, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, compared, he's short comparatively. So he's yeah. probably taller than me and probably taller than you. But uh, he's not 6'3. He's not. I mean, I would imagine that. He's Even five nine, so he's okay. So he's like my height. Yeah, he's basically our height. He's basically our size, five nine, two hundred eight pounds. I mean, I'd granted, have to put like I'd have to put on like a like a legit eighteen pounds of like pure muscle to be it. And yeah, and pure I would muscle have to, like that would make me look fucking huge. Fifteen pounds of, and then like turn some of my body fat into yeah, right, yeah, more muscles so yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah it'll be tough but he's not too much bigger than us like he wouldn't look crazy next to us okay 
if you say so. I feel like I mean he looked jacked. Don't get me wrong, but I've stood get next to guys who are jacked and like it doesn't. It, but like if you stand next to Jordan Love, you're like, yeah, you look up, you're like, dwarfed. Yeah, yeah. guy who's six five is a different thing, right? Um, anyway, getting back into my strengths, Romeo Dobbs is making catches. They're contested catches. He, that four, um, that four yard touchdown catch that he makes, uh, over top of a dude, kind of. I don't want to say he lost him because I don't think that's quite what it was, right? Not the same type of thing. But guy's got good coverage on him. He goes up, takes the ball out of the air, and scores a touchdown there. Uh, worked his way open on his first touchdown to get that one. Um, and kind of a like a longer route run on on the first touchdown. Um, yeah, he looked really, really good today. And it looked like him and Love have, have a connection. Yeah, like some chemistry there. So, yeah, getting Watson back. With that already going on, that that was great. Uh, we took a few, uh, uh, so maybe I'll get into that in kind of like a opportunity here. Um, but anyway, so the the pass rush, four sacks today on one of the most elusive QBs in the game. I think that like him, I, I think you could put like an Aaron Rodgers up there or Josh Allen up there as well. But like Justin Fields is hard to get your hands on and to tackle behind the line of scrimmage. And the Packers did it four times today. Lucas Van Ness looks fucking fast. And, I mean, so on the one he got, he might have been just assigned like a type of spiral that they were going to crash on the other side and hold contain. And there's, but the, I think it was the left end on that time would just go to fields no matter what happens. And so he doesn't bite on any fakes. He doesn't like crash down into the middle. Like his whole goal is to stay outside of fields. I don't know, but fields kind of broke his shoulder, like broke the plane of his shoulder. And Lucas Van Ness just ran him down. What do you think? I want to say shit. Not Greg Olson did a, like a pretty good job of announcing. Uh, analysis on that play how he was saying that Van Ness did a good job of like staying flat on that play where a lot of guys would have like ran straight to him but I mean it was exactly what you said it's like he had containment but like once he realized that shoulder went down he was like well he's gonna try to beat me to the edge now and I gotta beat him to the edge and he fucking just smoked him to the edge like yep it was so um, fast. And so two rookies got sacks today. So Carl Brooks got a sack as well today. Um, Rashawn Gary looked in his limited playing time, which may be better for him to be dominant. Every time he seemed to be in, it seemed like he was making some type of move to collapse the line of scrimmage every time he was in. Um, our kick and punt return seems to be very, very good. Our special teams is good. Uh, we mentioned Anders Carlson earlier in the episode, making kicks, doing the things that he needs to do. But sounded like we had a couple of shaky holds, and Wheelan handled that, or shaky snaps. Wheelan handled them, and Carlson like didn't miss a beat on him. Uh, and that's really all you can hope from for from your kicking team. A snap, a snap that's perfect would be ideal. But if we don't have a perfect snap, our 
holder and our kicker dealing with that in the moment and getting it done. And then our kick and punt return teams are very, very good. I think Nixon, it's just kind of a matter of time before he takes one to the house. It always looks like he's maybe like one block short of getting there. Yeah, no, 100%. Keyshawn Nixon, and I was telling you before we got on the show, uh, anytime he has an opportunity to catch a kick, I want to see him come out of the end zone. Uh, yep. And I mean, he does a pretty good job of like, if it's over his head, he like lets it go and stuff. But uh, but yeah, and, and he he does that. So it's not like there is an issue with that. But but yeah, he's he's very fun to watch because – yeah, his uh, 28 yard return. I want to say he makes one guy miss, like that goes to a 56 yard return easily, if not a house call. Yeah, I think he's, it feels like he's one block away a lot, right? That, oh man, this is opening up. We're going to get there. And then one dude comes in, and makes the play. And so that's kind of special teams in a nutshell anyway, but it doesn't feel like we've had that in a long time. Now, on the, on the punt return side of things, Jaden Reed feels like that dude as well, that he's elusive. He can find space. And today he had a long one, 56 yards, maybe 40. It, it was only 35, but he had three okay. for 54 yards total. Okay. But yeah, it seems like both of them did everything right. Like neither of them had a brain fart back there and put us in a worse spot than, than we would have been. Yep. And some of that's due to coaching, right? So like, um, oh shit, now I can't remember. Bisaccia for, like, yeah. is just, he's a really, really good coach. Um, he's a guy that I'm so happy to have on the Packers team and the Raiders are fucking morons for letting him go. Yeah, no, I agree with that a hundred percent. And I think you saying a lot of it ha- or a lot of it has to do with coaching or yeah, I mean, you said some it, of it. a lot of some it. Some of it does, right? I mean, you, oh yeah, that's what you said. Some of it, I think, it's got to be a lot of it because our special teams went from last to to this good. Like it went from a glaring weakness to a great strength of ours with one coach, one year. Yeah. So he was. Is it one year? Yeah, so he was there all of last year, and then like this year looks very promising on our special teams. Yeah, um, and then I think our last one is third down conversions and stops. So, not that we were perfect. Maybe this is more of an uh, like an opportunity, right? Is that this is something that wasn't perfect, but we had a lot of like good things happen on third down. Uh, we made stops on third down. We didn't allow the Bears to score touchdowns on their two drives that they kind of looked like they were rolling early in the game. Kind of sets it up as like we 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 get stops when we come down to the red zone, um, and then we pulled off a few third third down conversions that were pretty big. Um, Jordan Love looked very cool in those. Yeah, he looks comfortable. Yeah, we were nine of sixteen on. Uh, third down, the Bears were three of 13. So we crushed them on third down, which last year we were saying last episode is like the Brewers, uh, with runners in scoring position, like it's highlighted for us. But th- at this game, we absolutely smoked them, and it was a big reason why we ended up 
winning this game. All right. So for weaknesses, I have that. Can I do one we, more strike? Yep. Go that I it. didn't tell you. But yeah, we, we would be uh, remiss if we didn't talk uh, the offensive line. So Jordan Love gets sacked one time for eight yards. So pass protection, at least. Like I said, I was going to try to pay attention a little bit more to the offensive line. Uh, definitely pass protection was great. Uh, looked like Jones was averaging a little bit over four yards of carry. So I think that uh, has that, that's a sign of a good line. But then we had Dylan averaging like one yard of carry, basically. Yeah, not not even two. Uh, over one under under two yards of carry. But offensive line looked like they're for real, for real. Yep. All right, so for weaknesses, um, uh, as we've always done, and probably this is like a learned thing from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, is – if we feel like we're not going to get a playoff, we call a timeout. doesn't matter if it's the first drive of the game or if it is like something that is super necessary in the last part of the game, right? We're willing to use them. We're willing to use them at any time. And I just feel like we need to do a little bit better on the clock management, both by Jordan Love and by the coaching staff, whether that's Matt LaFleur or somebody that he assigned uh, to that, right? Um, and then another weakness that I saw, and this is out of Jordan Love specifically, he got, he got flushed out of the pocket. And this might have been once or twice that I saw this, maybe only once. He got flushed out of the pocket, and instead of looking to throw, which Aaron Rodgers consistently did for, and maybe not early in his career, right? Like I could, I could be conflating the last 10 years with the last 15, right? Whatever it is. But he just looked to run before he was looking to throw. He was rolling out, and it was obvious that he wanted to take off and run. I think that's young quarterback stuff, though, and can be learned from. And, and like in time, you can just chuck it out of bounds and move on instead of try to get that two yards. You don't need that two yards. Not really. Yeah, and it's 100% that. And he definitely did that. But not not quite as bad as some of the other young guys you see do that. He definitely right. did a better job of like keeping his eyes downfield than like a young Lamar Jackson. Not not that Lamar Jackson isn't young anymore. He's probably still younger than Jordan Love. But uh, oh, but yeah, no, th those guys. Jordan Love's fairly young for a QB as well. Yeah, I I don't know who's older. I maybe like, Lamar. He's Jackson. probably Sean Clifford's probably older than both of them combined. So. Yeah, John Clifford is definitely older than uh, Jordan Love, but but yeah, yeah, I think that's something I'll come with time. And honestly, it, it didn't even look that off that he was doing it. But no, I but noticed yeah, it, it was, once pretty glaringly bad. Like I was like, "Oh, I don't like that." Right. Yeah. And so, not that it was a huge weakness, and he, weaknesses are pretty hard to find in this um, in this game. I didn't see a ton of them. I didn't. I wasn't like, "Ah, these fucking morons can't do anything right." Uh, there are some opportunities. Um, Jordan Love, I think, has room to grow. Like his his accuracy is not Rogers. Maybe nobody's ever will be right. Like that they can put it in on keyhole at fifty yards. Rogers could always do that. Um, Jordan Love does not feel like that. Um, and from the things that I saw, it was definitely not there. 
he he's good. He's competent. He had really good, um, like a really good pass rating and completed all the passes that he needed to. However, he can be more accurate in getting that. No, I want to. I'm going to go back and I'm going to just take a quick peek at the stats for passing. 15 for 27. If we can get that to like 20 of 27 or 22 of 27, I think that's kind of where we want to be. Now, there's going to be some that you just throw away. I'd prefer you to throw it away rather than take a sack or like try to run and get hit. Like, I get that. There's going to be some incompletions. I would imagine that you could, in theory, have a perfect game even with a throwaway, right? Or an incompletions. Uh, my personal opinion is that I'd rather have that than take a sack or whatever. And so, and I don't know how your QBR goes into that. Yeah. But I'm QBR sure that they, is... do, they do not account for that shit at all. Like that, if you throw it away, it's just an incompletion. I'm sure it doesn't have like, oh, he was going to get sacked and there was nobody open and he either throws an interception or he gets a sack. So he threw it away. You definitely can have a perfect QBR with some interceptions so i wonder if they do weigh something is like sack saved or or something like that i I don't know exactly but okay but yeah i know Favre that game against the raiders on monday night after his dad died had a perfect qbr and he he definitely had a couple incompletions in that game at the very least so and then uh and so then, uh, so that's just a piece like you can improve on your decision making and how you're completing passes, right? Um, and then the last one, I think, uh, we can return Watson to this offense, right? So we are not even operating with our uh, first string or our top wide receiver. Maybe Dobbs is our top, but I think that we all consider Watson to be the most athletic and the guy who we touted the highest. For sure. Yeah. I mean, Dobbs looks like he's going to try to give him a run for his money for the number one guy this year. I mean, at least after this game. But but yeah, Watson is definitely a dynamic, super dynamic weapon that we did not have on the field today. So it, it would be interesting to see uh, how the Packers would be able to, to attack with that. And we did take a couple deep shots, and that's, that's probably our guy that's going to be we're trying yeah. to hit on some of these deep shots. There was definitely a pretty wide open deep ball that I think Jordan Love kind of missed a little bit. If, if I'm remembering correctly, it seemed like there was there was a guy running, yeah, running down the field with no one around him, and it, and it was missed. But but yeah, uh, like you said, I mean, I know you're off the weaknesses. It's hard to point out anything bad in this, and then with that opportunity of Watson coming back. This team, this team's got me excited already, and oh, yeah. probably, probably shouldn't be as exciting seeing that we were just playing the the shitty old Bears. But uh, I am excited nonetheless. I I'm definitely excited as well, and not, so I'm going to jump over to like what I think are threats to this team. Um, and I think the biggest threat that I saw in today's game was not the Bears or like any other team, but. Matt LaFleur and the offensive coordinators, right? Whoever's making up the offensive game plans, which I know LaFleur calls the plays, but whoever's like 
subbing in Dylan over Jones. They like Dylan more than they like Aaron Jones for some, whatever that reason is, like more personable, whatever it is. That's our biggest threat is that they're not going to use Jones enough. Our own coaching staff is sabotaging us to some extent by using Dylan more than they should. Yeah. No, I mean, there, there is something to that. And I think that's going to be one of those answers, like where it's not black or white, like it's gray. Yeah. Like maybe they're trying not to overuse Jones and right. keep yeah. him fresh. Yep. And they're like, hey, Dylan, as, as much as we've kind of talked shit about him today, and I, I think we're we're kind of a crew that's on Dylan's ass a little bit, if if not yep. all of Packers Nation's a little bit on his ass. Like he seems like an amazing dude. I don't know why I feel like I have to say that, but he needs to start running like he did not last year, but the year before. If, well, so like if, the second half of both of those years is when he ran really effectively. And so hopefully he makes me eat my words at the back half of this year again right or like next week like just runs wild on some i don't even know who we got next week right off the top of my head atlanta yeah atlanta and it's a noon game i only know that because i'm probably gonna miss it because i have drill so you're gonna be our our full-on expert for that one i mean i'll still be able to record but i'm gonna have to catch up uh but anyway like i hope he proves me wrong i like dylan i think that he does a lot for the community that he's in. I think that he would do a lot for whatever community he's in too. Like he would, if he, if he ended up in New England, like the Boston area would be, have an awesome guy up there. If he ended up in San Francisco, same deal. Uh, a good human to be, to be where he's at. And I hope that he kind of proves this wrong yeah. at the end of this year or later in this year. I would like a lot for us to be able to move on from Aaron Jones. I mean, not move on from Aaron Jones because I think he's a good human as well. But like, I want the, like the, the secession to take place, right? That like we move on to the next dude that we just drafted, right? And yeah. he becomes better. Um, I just don't see it yet. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like it's like a lack of effort or like Dylan doesn't seem right. like yep. the the problematic type or anything like that it just seems like there's something missing with his game whether it be like he's not good at and i'm talking out of my ass on this like i don't i'm not watching the all 22 saying this but it seems like he's doing something wrong like he's not hitting the right hole or not making the right cut like it seems like he needs to do something different because i think we highlighted last week that the bears were the 31st rush defense in the league something like that uh yeah. they're pretty piss poor and like i said he averaged less than two yards of carry in this game and also had like more this, carry than aaron jones yeah and and yeah like we said it looked like he went down way too easily to be the guy that we want him to be yeah. the the th- yeah, the thunder to Aaron Jones is lightning. Is right. that yep. but yeah, I, I think that's kind of a fair assessment of what he is billed as, right? And I don't know that that's actually what he is. Yeah. It doesn't appear to be that guy. I mean, he's really good, like as a second back, 
you can't complain too much about what AJ Dillon is, right? Like to have a backup no. be that, I'm pretty happy with. I just don't see him taking over the Aaron Jones role in this offense anytime soon, right? If Aaron Jones would get hurt in the next couple of weeks, we'd be in a hard place when it comes yeah, to Yeah, it would, it would definitely, 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 definitely be a problem. Definitely, 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 definitely. definitely. Uh, all right. You got anything more on the game? No, that kind of wraps up uh, like the things I was saying. And this game was a lot closer in the first half than what the end of the game looked like. Uh, the Bears played this game fairly tough through the first half and then just couldn't hold up anymore in the second half. Yeah. No, I mean, I was never too worried once the game started. Um, yeah. Fields, when he was escaping for a while in the first half, I, I was starting to get a little bit worried, but it, it did seem like after Van Ness put him down, it was like, this guy's human, dude. Like, let's let's start putting him down and then sacking him four times, pressuring yeah. him. I don't have the, the pressure stat up, but it had to be fucking... 15 times yeah yeah like they they were getting after him so our defense man we we hit everything right on the head like our defense was great uh our biggest weapon in Aaron Jones was great our offensive line was great our cornerbacks seemed to play great like DJ Moore didn't get anything going um looking at like the the tackles we were gonna maybe put as a weakness is I want to say it was uh savage led the team in tackles with 10 yeah. and then nixon uh was second with eight douglas was third with eight so i guess i mean if your secondary players are the guys getting the most tackles it doesn't seem like that's great but a- as a total i think we we held our golden number and we'll probably reiterate this like a thousand times is 23 and a half so if your defense holds a team in the nfl to under 23 and a half points you should win that game and the packers did it so and then yeah so i would like to point out that that number is based on zero statistics and is a banging on the drum number right (laughs) like we just decided 23 and a half that sounds about right if you get over if you give up more than 23 and a half points it's on the defense you keep them under that, the offense better figure out how to fucking score 23 and a half points. Right? Yeah. But only giving up 189 passing yards, 122 rushing yards. Uh, Mike's our math guy, but that can't be too much over 300 yards. So I'll take it. 311 yards, Mike. I think, I think that's yeah. the total offense, right? So, like, that's a, that's very good. Um, Oh yeah, it, it says it right here. I didn't even have to do math, but it, I mean, you yeah, did. It, it you was it. it was a great, great game, great, great opening week. But are you ready to roll into some bad news, or do you want to take a break before we get to the bad yeah, news? Yeah, let's go with the bad news with the Badgers. Yeah. So the Badgers head west to. I want to be able to say what the town is. I think it's isn't it Walla Walla. Washington yeah something like that like I'll, I I'll take s- a look you go you go ahead and keep 
Yeah, but the the Badgers end up losing 31 to 22 uh to the Wildcats Washington State University in a all-time Badgers head to the West Coast and let's see what can go wrong trip. I think if you've been listening to the Banging on the Drum podcast and our Badger preview for this one, you kind of got a feeling what could go wrong, and that absolutely is what did go wrong. So the only player I highlighted on the Washington State team as a total was uh, Cameron Ward, the quarterback that played for uh, FCS school before he got to Washington State. But just has played a lot of football. Uh, he's a junior right now, but with the COVID rules, he's played four full seasons of starting quarterback. Basically, I think he's missed a couple games here and there. Uh, and he's he's been good the whole time. So against the Badgers, he goes 20 of 32 for two touchdowns. And just was like a great uh, veteran presence on that team uh, to win that game. Uh, some of the wilder stuff we had happen, we had a safety that seemed like it should have been called a safety. Uh, I, I my, like my naked and biased eyes right when I saw it, I was like, that's safety. Like, and then even yeah. the announcers were kind of giving us that's a safety. And that was when the game was 22 to 24, uh, maybe in the third or fourth quarter. But, but yeah, j- just a rough one uh, going out West. Um, well, so late in that game, we got like two calls back to back that kind of went against us. So that safety call, we didn't get the safety. Didn't think, didn't think that that was a big deal at the time because they punted away. And then uh, a few plays later, Malusi is carrying the ball and it appears that he's down to me. Yep. Right. And then gets the ball pulled out late. They call it a fumble and then they say they can't overturn it because there's no like evidence, which I they didn't show a lot of evidence saying that he was or was not down. But when I saw the play, it looked like he hit the ground and then they pulled it out. I could be wrong about that. Like it could go either way. It'd be nice if a team like um, the Badgers just kind of went in and stomped on a team like Washington State and we wouldn't have to worry about these things. But those two plays feel feel like they really affected the back half of that game quite a bit. Yeah, and the game started off slow, like Tanner, uh, damn, no, Mordecai. Uh, I wanted to say McAvoy. Uh, Mordecai. Uh, Mordecai. Yeah, that was, that's the old safety, though, right? Wasn't it uh, Tanner, too? Uh, what, what what word did you just say? Because I want to say McAvoy. I want to say like McAvee. I don't know. Whatever. It's Mordecai. Let's yeah. not mess up my brain. But yeah, we don't, we don't have to like dick with this. this thing, right? <laughs> Yeah, so and, and not, is the quarterback for the Packers or for the Badgers right now. Yeah, now now Mike's fucking with us on all all platforms. We're even changing the teams yeah. now. Uh, rough first half, I would say. Uh, Mordecai looked very underwhelming in the first half. Uh, Badgers going into halftime were down twenty four to nine. He did seem to step it up a little bit. And ended up not having like the worst, uh, worst stat line 24 or 40, 278 yards and a touchdown. Uh, when we 
when we needed him to go. I'm not going to go over like touchdown by touchdown uh, for the Badger game. I we probably will if they win because we'll be like excited about it. Yeah. But it it did look like they were. I mean, they had to this game, but they did start to get some of their receivers that seem like they'll be decent weapons into the game a little bit more like Skylar Bell, five catches, 44 yards and a touchdown. Um, Shimmer DK looks like a stud and they started to get him the ball a little bit more, but we did not run the ball for Dick in this game. So Washington state just seemed like I, I flat out say it like that we were out coached in that game like it looked like they had a smarter game plan going into it um and i mean i'd be lying if i didn't say uh i'd seen this in the in a tweet was like the honeymoon stage is over but there was a lot of calls for like hey man this secondary looks fucking lost out there and they did like there were just guys from washington state running wide open and it was like shit we're we're really gonna miss jim leonard here uh until i'll I'll give these guys a break like the new coaching staff a break uh pickle and his boys because he doesn't have all of his guys in sure he brought some of cincinnati's players but it's not like deon sanders bringing his whole fucking team and coaching staff everybody he wants everybody he wants with him yeah so we got a few guys but yeah, it, it's going to take a while. Um, Braylon Allen only had seven carries, which seems crazy. But am I misremembering something? Did he get hurt in this one early? Or no, I think Malusi was having a much better night, though. Like he was the one breaking free. So, like yeah. the things we say about AJ Dillon, I think to some extent, <laughs> yeah. Could be said about uh Braylon Allen as well. He's not, he's huge. He's a monster. Like uh I think I alluded to it last week that he tripped and fell into a dude and they thought that was the best run of his day, right? And it, it was probably the best run he had the whole day, but he tripped and fell into a dude to knock him over. Not uh he didn't he doesn't generally bowl guys over. Like that's not his game. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even fault him for that because he gets it done without having to do that. Like he is a big dude. And like, I honestly think I don't give a shit. Like what your size is, is if you can run around a guy instead of run over a guy and keep a play going. And that's, that's the better way to go. And that's the way Braylon Allen goes about things. So I'm, not too disappointed about that that knock on him but yeah it, it definitely like we weren't running the ball well but if if we had to do like our quick uh SWAT analysis strengths uh Mordecai did start to look like uh I think he's he, a big he, yeah he he definitely looks like he's gonna be good I I was a little underwhelmed with him like I said I think it was more so like the first quarter like i think in the second quarter he started started finding a little bit of a rhythm um other than that uh strengths receiving core looks like 
it's one of the better ones in a while. And I, I don't know, maybe we're just throwing the, we're going to be throwing the ball more often, but yeah. uh, Shimmer DK seems good to me. Skylar Bell seems good to me. Um, and then our, our guy who actually led the team in receiving yards and rece- not receptions, but receiving yards was uh, Will Pauling. So uh, my two that I recognize from last year very well, uh, got the ball going in Bell and DK. And now we got this uh, Pauling who, I don't know, maybe he just had a big game, but whatever. They they, they worked the ball around. Uh, 25 receptions between what it looks like eight players. So there, there's places to go with the ball. Uh, yeah. They were trying to get Braylon Allen the ball different ways than just running it. Uh, he did have six receptions. Granted, only only for uh, twelve yards. Um, so strengths, weakness, uh, turnovers. Man, uh, we we lost three fumbles in that game. Like Mike That's said, two weeks uh, in a row we've lost a turnover battle. Yeah, and and like Mike said, the the Malusi one, it, it was like they didn't want us to see it. That, I think that was like the part that seemed more sketchy. Oh, okay to me about it is like, oh, we don't have a good angle on this. Like, let's just move on. Like where I've never seen a fumble have less angles shown of it. It Like it was very limited, right? It it was like two shots and they're like, meh. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we're going to be able to determine whether he held on to the same fumble. It, um, another weakness was like I said, the secondary looked looked bad, bad. Uh, in that game. Um, and then I, I think a third weakness is it looked, I always hate doing this because I don't fucking know this, but it did look to me, it appeared to me that Wisconsin thought they were going to go in and win this game fairly easily. And when they got punched in the mouth, they kind of didn't respond well to that. I feel like Mordecai maybe responded the best to it, but it wasn't like, oh, fuck, we're in a dogfight now. It was like, shit, we didn't expect to be in a fight like this. Like, I, I'm not really up for it. Like, it wasn't, you know you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, it, it's yeah. just like the feel of the game I got. Because very early, I guess even going into this game, I was telling people I was kind of scared about this one. But like early in this game, I, I texted everybody, probably you included, uh, my group chat. I was like, this shit worries me. Like, it, it just had that look to it. It was, and I mean, if you've been watching Badgers football as long as we've been watching Badgers football, Badgers going on like a West Coast trip is always kind of like sketchy. We've had bad games at Utah State when Utah State wasn't great. We had uh, bad games at asu when asu wasn't great i mean there were solid teams don't don't get me wrong even like going back to days like playing fresno in fresno like fresno would would always give us a fight but anytime we sign one of these like home and homes or whatever whenever we go out to the west coast and it seems like something crazy happens like the asu game uh i think that might be where the karma tweet came from uh yeah, I think so because it was a uh, like we got a bad call on like a kneel down or a spike or something like that where they ran the clock out, right? 
Yeah, yeah, we, we spiked it like coming and yeah, then we got the karma tweet. But that was my best tweet I ever crafted, and it didn't get uh too much attention. I said the only thing we're missing from this game is uh Jim Leonard's wife saying karma. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it it definitely felt like that. Uh, but I think we covered quite a bit of weaknesses there. So if we were gonna go to opportunity, uh, we are doing this on the fly. We didn't prepare as well for the the uh the pack as we did for the pack game but clear, we, oh i was gonna i was gonna say clear opportunity is like the scheme and stuff like it, it does seem like they're trying to work something in there that's going to take a little bit of time that i do enjoy more um and then just being as basic as we as we have been in the past like i definitely can see where we're where we're going with this like we're, we are going to throw the ball a little bit more we're going to get uh more creative with the way we run the ball and i i mean i it, it's a great opportunity that's that we have ahead of us with this staff if we give them some time uh, so we have opportunities i think inside of our schedule too that our schedule is not grueling right um like our next game up i want to say is southern georgia yeah south georgia, georgia. I, I think it's georgia southern like gsu okay. georgia southern university and so like we have an opportunity to like grow there and then our big 10 opponents are not like these we're not facing michigan and ohio state and we are facing ohio state we have right, Ohio. State. we don't have them immediately after this we have time to grow before these games start up we have we have the opportunity to really like put a lot of wins together this season and grow our team culture. Right. So I don't think, I think we just probably lost the opportunity at a national championship. Right. If you come in, you run the table, you go into Ohio state, you beat them and you beat them on the, in the big Ten championship or you beat Michigan in the big 10 championship. Like you have an opportunity there, right? We're not facing all these powerhouse schools. Yeah. No, that's if you can run the table, you can go. But we lost that opportunity by losing to Washington State. Unless, of course, Washington State makes it too, which does not seem likely. No, I I agree with you like 99% of what you said right there. But I honestly don't even think you lose the opportunity at it, at fully lose the opportunity at a national championship. Like things are going to have to break your way. But for an opportunity, we do have two decent games on the schedule. Uh, if we need Iowa to keep winning until we get to Iowa, because Iowa looks tough. Um, and then same, Ohio State. We need Ohio State to keep winning. So if we get a win, and this is like dumb brain, super optimistic uh, Patrick talking, but you yep. you get three huge wins in a pretty weak schedule. And if you win the Big Ten championship, they're going to even have if to it's keep... Ohio State again, like it's yeah. that's a big deal. Still, beat them twice in the same year. Yeah, and they're going to have to kick your name around for the playoffs at the very least. If yeah. if you go, you're playoffs. not wrong. Yeah, I, and I don't fully expect that, but I'm just saying, it, if if you want to go to opportunities with the schedule like that, it's it's not out there, but it's. It is. It, it is, but it is. Like, if you run the fucking table, I think your name 
is going to get put in the playoff conversation for sure. Right. But like we, yeah, I guess from here on out, if you're on the table. So I think that's some opportunities that we have an opportunity to get really, really good this year, see where we're at, what we need to do, and then develop into like a super strong program. I don't know if we have the opportunities, like good opportunities to like excel this season, but I think we can find out a lot about what the Badger program is. Um, I don't think Fickle is, and then like, I guess another opportunity is like, this is an opportunity for us to find dudes that can play versus dudes that can't play. And I think Fickle says, I have the talent here. There's no reason we're not winning. I don't think that he took this loss as like a, oh, we're still setting everything up and not everybody's ready to go. He, he made some type of code around the lines of like, like there's talent here. We have the players. We need to play better. To some extent, yeah. right? No, I mean, yeah, you can't be wrong when you make that statement. I will say, like, my one oddball converse or uh, comment of this game. Uh, as I was saying last week, I was kind of watching it on phones from friends. Like, we were just piecing the game together, uh, getting ready for a wedding. I really got to sit back and watch this one. Uh, the, the coaching staff on the sideline does not look very badger like. Like, we, we're so used to like having a, head coach wearing some like shitty sweatshirt or something like this and like yeah. Luke, Luke Fickle just uh looks buttoned up even the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator just look like offensive coordinator I can't think of his name Obama. okay he looks like a fucking hard ass he looks like a guy that you do not want to piss off uh but it, it just doesn't look like a Badgers coaching staff that I've seen before and it's going to take my eyes time to adjust to to having these guys on our sideline. Yeah, so I'm excited about the Badgers overall. I'm just not excited about the Badgers this year anymore. You know what I mean? I, like, I don't see it. Oh, and don't worry, buddy. They are going to get our hopes right the fuck back up just oh, to yeah, crush yeah. them. Just yeah, yeah, to crush sure. them. I just <laughs> I had a like. I had this like weird, stupid opinion about the Badger football team that this is our best opportunity to really win a national championship was in the first year with Fickle due to the fact that our offensive line um, is probably going to be as dominant as it ever has been with a new type of scheme, right? And then being able to have running backs like we do. We recruited those running backs in a running era. We recruited these wide receivers in a in hopes to be throwing era right in the next few years. Yeah. And so like, I thought our offense would like just meld as like this one powerhouse thing. And then I thought, well, we had a defense that was dominant last year and we've had a dominant defense for maybe the last, I mean, Dave Aranda was came over with what Anderson in like 2014. Yeah. Uh, And we've had a dominant defense for probably almost eight, nine years, like since Aranda got here, yeah. we've been dumping out some really good defenses. And I thought, even if uh, Leonard is gone, we have this team that should be able to just keep moving forward there, at least for this year, right? So once you start losing some dudes that were coached by 
Leonard and things kind of start eroding. I get that. Like that's not always going to be able to be upheld, but I thought this year, like we're set, we're good to go. Like things are going to like continue like progressing. And then these coaches will get the best out of all the players that we weren't getting the best out of before. And it's no, I, I agree with you. It, it did seem like a perfect opportunity to at least run the table until we ran into a team that was really going to be something. But what do we know? Like maybe Washington State is just not getting enough credit. Uh, we yeah. do tend to have those teams on our schedule here and there. Um, but yeah, ultimately, disappointing performance. Uh, if we had to go with threats to clean this one up, uh, yeah, I think I think the fans are the big threat with uh, the Wisconsin football program. Is that we have this uh, this expectation that Fickle should come in and put us over the top immediately, right? And we can start thinking like, oh, he didn't do this, he didn't do this, he didn't do this. Let's bring back Leonard. Well, and I seen tweets along those lines like that this is not okay, that you said something along the lines of the honeymoon is over, right? Um, well, here's the deal. You got to give this guy fucking time. You can't yep. like start losing your shit on him. Um, and in terms of threats, like if we go out and we lose four more games this season, that's not like ideal for me, but I also don't think that's a like a world ender either. I don't yeah. think that this is something that we have to like lose our mind about um, getting the right players in the right situation and the guys in to excel here in at the university of Wisconsin is going to be challenging. However, I'd like to see it happen this year, but I'm cool if it takes two or three years. I like it, Mike. I, I think that is a great threat. And, uh, if we had to do another threat, it would be the Sam Lockett the third that was all over the fucking field for Washington State, and then a Ron Stone Jr. sacking the shit out of uh, Mordecai. But I, 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 I think I think the big threat is just all uh, mindset is yeah. if this team goes to shambles after this. I don't think. Pickles, the guy that's going to like let them do that. I think he's going to be a good enough coach to be like, you know, we fucked up. Put yeah. that one on me. Like, honestly, even watching that game, I was like, this is kind of on Pickle. Like, it looks like they had a good game plan for us and we did not have the greatest game plan for them. Um, they, they were running fast on us early. We weren't getting our guys off the field in the right amount of time and stuff. It was a lot of like Aaron Rodgers stuff that we seen Aaron Rodgers do get used against us and like the subs and stuff like that. It, it seemed like a lot of coaching stuff is what I'm trying to get at is like, Hey, if, if they do this, like you got to run on the field, we got, you got to run off the field, like type deal. Cause we were getting a lot of penalties, uh, for stupid shit like that. And I want to see what we ended up with for total penalty yards. I guess three or four for 30. But seemed worse than yeah. that. But 
I don't remember the that that feeling like like really really bad the penalty wise, but like I could have just been not paying as I was at a birthday party watching it as well, so like maybe I just wasn't paying great attention. To it. Yeah, and it was it was way more rough early, uh, and then once we settled in, it looked like we just were like, well, shit, if if they run like this, like we're just gonna have to do it with the guys that we have on the field and then but yeah let's put a bow on it that's what we got for threats do you got any final words there nope we're gonna be better no worries wisconsin will be good it'll just be it won't be as smooth of a season as we thought moving forward all right and to put a bow on the episode we buried the lead far far last uh corbin burns goes so we're going to roll out the barrel on you guys here. Eight oh, innings yeah. of no-hit baseball. Devin Williams comes in the ninth, completes nine innings of no-hit baseball. Abner Uribe comes in in the tenth, completes ten innings of no-hit baseball, and we end up losing this game in the 13th. Yeah. Uh, Four to three. Yep. So – it, it was it was a rough rough one for the Brewers. I, I want to look at this real quick, but I want to say Burns has not been getting any run support. Um, that's a pretty shitty way to look at how this series went, though. Is we went into Yankee Stadium and we took two of three from the Yankees. We definitely should have, with this pitching performance, took three of three uh, from the Yankees, but. For some reason, when Corbin Burns is on the mound, we cannot get that guy a fucking run. So, uh, so we lost one nothing to the Cubs, four to two to uh, Pittsburgh. But that that was kind of Corbin Burns' fault there. Uh, he gave up all four of those. But maybe it's another thing that is just ringing too true in my ears uh, that uh, Burns cannot get run support, but it, it sure seems well, like we got one nothing versus the Cubs, right? Yeah. And we have a 0-0 game going into the ninth inning against the Yankees. I think that I think that, that you're probably right, that that is not enough run support for a guy. Now, you give up four runs in a game, okay, take the loss, move on. If you give up one run in two games, we should probably get some wins. At least one of those should be a win. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll get positive on you guys. We're not going to go too deep into the Brewers uh, right now. So the Brewers currently have a three-game lead over the Cubs, so that's pretty damn good. And I want to say the last time I looked, our magic number is 17 right now. And I'm going to tell on myself a little bit. Magic number seems like very easy, but I don't fully understand it. So say if the Cubs win and the Brewers win, then it goes down to 16. Yep. So the Brewers have to win 17 games. And then there's a combination of 17 wins and losses by the Brewers and the Cubs, right? So like, Nine wins out of the Brewers and eight losses out of the Cubs, I think, put you there, too. Okay. Yeah, that was a good way to explain it. So, yeah, now I fully get it. 
But I think that will be our episode for the day. We're going to try to stay, I want to say like under an hour, hopefully even a little bit quicker than that on our we might be Sunday. Over a bit, but yeah, we, we always go over. We're adjusted. Yeah. So as always, thank you guys for listening. We love you guys. We appreciate the support. Uh, please remember to like, subscribe, share. Uh, I think we are going to be on our P's and Q's this year. And we're just going to keep getting better. So we will, like I said, for all you suckers that are doubting the Badgers, the Bucks, the Brewers, the Packers, or Martin Truex Jr., you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat my shorts.